This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Well, it's not quite the open championship music, but... It'll do, because we're talking about Phil, what he's doing, and another great shot here just landed about uh, 10 feet from the cup, it looks like. Phil has had a really good week so far, a weekend, but right now he's in a battle. He's 11 under at the Open Championship, but he is one shot ahead of Stenson, who is 10 under. Now, Phil had a record-setting, almost record-breaking first round. He had a good second round, and he's having a good third round. So if somehow he doesn't finish this off, I mean, unless he collapsed tomorrow, which is possible, I would not say that this was anything on him. This is more about other people. He's doing what he's supposed to do, and it's fun to watch. And Jeff Metis joins me right now. You can hear him on the T to Green show every Saturday morning. He was on early this morning here on WGR. Going to talk with him about what's going on over there in the British Open. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Appreciate it as always. Oh, thanks for having me on. So I just, you heard what I just said about Phil. This, I mean, if if he doesn't win this, short of really collapsing tomorrow, it's not on him, right? I mean, he's he's done everything he's supposed to do. He's shooting well. This is maybe about what other people are doing as well. Well, we're not even through in the football parlance. We're not even through the third quarter here yet. So as I said this morning, it's like a Bills game. I'd be holding my breath still. There's a long way to go. Um, uh, you know, he's, he is playing well. He does make it exciting to watch, though, doesn't he? He's uh that last power he made was just just tons of fun to watch. Only Phil Mickelson does things like that. But uh, you know, I think that story is yet to be written. Whether whether it's on him or not, uh, there's still quite a bit to go and uh, and a long way to go before we sleep here. So we'll see what happens with Phil. But it is fun to watch. It is fun for sure. This kind of came out of nowhere with Phil, right? Or do you think that uh, you know are you not a, are you not really surprised when something like this happens with a golfer like Phil? Or did this kind of take even someone like you by surprise? You know, he's been playing okay this year. He's had some, some some chances here and there. He's one of these players that seems like once his putter gets hot, he can do anything, um, and it seeds, seems to feed into the rest of his game. And, and you're watching, he's made only two bogeys this week. Um, that's pretty impressive. As they said, this the back nine here might be the hardest nine in golf. Uh, so And he is putting just beautifully. He's got that little quad grip going, a little bit of a change for him. Uh, it seems to be working, and that confidence is feeding into the rest of the game, you can tell. And I hope, I really hope, Jeff, that we are not looking back late tomorrow on that putt that did not fall in for the record as the difference of him winning this tournament and not winning it. Well, you you can look at that putt, and, and through 72 holes, you can probably look at a whole bunch of yep, shots and yep. find one, always. So, you know, that would have been nice for the, uh, the all-time record, although I don't know if... Uh, I don't know who I'd want to have that record. You know, there's a lot of people that share that record right now, so maybe that's just the golf god saying, maybe not just yet, Phil. But at, <laughs> I think he's 45 years old. He's in his mid-40s, Phil, and uh, 
and he's done a lot of great things in golf, and then it sure would be fun to see him uh, take home one more major and just to, just to put a little topper on his career. Not that I think he's done, because he still has a couple of years of good golf left ahead of him, it seems. Why are so many Americans atop the uh, leaderboard here at the British Open this year? You know, it seems a little peculiar to me um, that British Open golf is a, is a little different style than most of us play over here in the United States, where it's a lot of bump and run and uh, a lot of low, flat flying shots. You know, I still think America is the dominant country as far as golf goes. If you look at the top players in the world, uh, in my opinion, still most of them are Americans. Um, I know the the top few there. Uh, we got Dustin Johnson, and but then we have a. Uh, Jason Day and Rory and some people from other countries, but I think the strongest golf is still being played in America, and anytime you have a, a major championship, that field is going to be littered with, with a lot of Americans. Well, on cue, you were just talking about his putter, and Phil just drained about a 20-footer for birdie. Beautiful putt uh, on 13. He's now two up on Stenson. And that Stenson is a golf stud, so he's going to have to play well to keep Stenson from catching up with him. Um He's a tremendous ball striker, hits it solid. It seems like every time he hits that ball right in the screws. Uh, I've seen him hit balls up close a, a few times, and he's, he's a tremendously, tremendously impressive golf professional. So Phil's really going to have to keep his A game going if he hopes to win this tournament. What about anybody right behind them, somebody lurking that uh, could possibly be someone to jump up tomorrow if one of these two, if both of them, I should say, falter. Haas, Bradley, Johnston, you got Holmes, Stricker. I'm going through the list right here. Uh, even a guy like Sergio, who, by the way, has played pretty well this year, I think, Zach Johnson. Anybody there that you look at and say, you know what, look for that guy maybe if the other two were to fall down, he would be the guy I'd keep my eye on. You know, uh, a dark horse pick, I guess, for me, would be a Keegan Bradley. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, he's he got that fiery, he plays by emotion, he seems to get hot. He hasn't been playing, he, he's shown some signs lately. He's been off his game a little bit, um, but uh, he seems to be feeling it this week, and if they would falter... Keegan's the type of guy who can and who can use his emotion and his fire to uh, to raise his game a little and, and force his way into a good score and maybe get himself a chance to win this tournament. What's going to happen? Uh, I'm taking a look now. I just want to look at the uh, missed cut. Is there anybody that surprised you that missed the cut? Anybody that surprised you that uh, did not get to the weekend? You know, it, it, with British Open golf, it's it's not as surprising as some of the other majors like the Masters or a PGA or something like that because of the nature of the golf course. If you're a little bit off, you know, those gorse bushes and those greens are, are a little bit different than people are used to playing. And, and it's, a, it's a penal golf course if, you, if you're off the golf course in those gorse bushes. And, you know, you just hit it in the bunker in the wrong spot and you're looking at a big number. So that doesn't surprise me too, too much if you're just off your game a little bit. you can A good player can look a little bit foolish sometimes in these British Open golf courses. PGA Championship is the final major of the year. That is going to happen uh, at the end of this month, actually, a couple of weeks from now. Uh, that's going to happen in New Jersey. That should be an interesting tournament this year because there's been quite a few players. that hasn't been really one dominant guy. I think Jason Day started the year really hot. He's kind of fallen off as of late. You never know what Jordan Spieth could do. I'm really looking forward to that one. Yeah, that is the event with the strongest field in golf, too. You know, the other events... Uh... The U.S. Open has qualifiers, so players like myself can qualify. Not that I would, but um, that event is strictly based off the world rankings and the best players in the world are there. Uh, the greatest field you'll, you'll put, ever see put together every year is in that event. So that's always fun to watch. Played on a little more traditional, more American-style golf courses. Uh, it is a fun event to watch. It's a season's a little compressed this year, so you know, a, a player who's getting hot this week can ride that momentum right into the PGA Championship, and, and we could have a surprise winner because of that. 
Jeff Minas joining us here on WGR. I just saw a stat someone put out there. I t- retweeted. I thought it was amazing uh, a little while ago. The, since 2000, the number of rounds that a, any individual player has led after has led number of rounds after a major. And Tiger was so far above everyone. I think he's led 39 times or 38 times after rounds in majors. And he was like way more even doubled up than Phil, who was next. And then the other one that was really interesting, Jordan Spieth was on there. After only two and a half years, he's led like 11 times after a major round. So two questions for you, Jeff. Uh, number one, do we do we kind of take for granted now that we're further away from where Tiger was, just how dominant he was in the early 2000s? And secondly, is Jordan Spieth really that guy that's going to be the next great one that we can start putting him up amongst uh, those leaders that we have, this, uh, like the Tigers and the Phil Mickelsons? Well, you know, I think it, we're starting to get a little distance from Tiger's career. Maybe he'll be back and be a great player once again. It'll be tough for him. But he created these golfers. Uh, he created the type of golfers we have today. And he created the boom in golf where we're seeing these great athletes come into the game as opposed to just golfers. And you know, the best athletes are now choosing golf as a sport at a young age and committing to it wholeheartedly. And you see guys like Jason Day and all these Dustin Johnsons coming into our game and just uh, – just mashing. I think there's more. I mean, every year it seems to be more and more competitive on the PGA Tour, and the, who's playing well is who's putting very well. And and Jordan Spieth's still a very young man, and if he's going to be Tiger Woods, he's he's a little off that pace this year. You know, Tiger did it year after year after year at a young age, where Jordan's got a win or so this year, but he's not contending in every major like Tiger did at this age. Um, will he be a great player? I, I really do think so. He's very young. He's got a long way to go. Will he ever be as great as Tiger Woods or be the next Tiger Woods? That's like saying, will there be another Jack Nicklaus? I don't think so. Uh, could he do it? Yes. If he if he played at the pace he did last year, certainly. But this year he's fallen off that pace, and, and he's not playing as well as he did. But the other players are playing just as well as he did last year. Look at Jason Day play this year. He's He's amazing. He's the best butter, uh, bunker player in the world. He's one of the best putters in the world. He hits as far as anybody in the world. So, so those kind of golfers are going to be tough to beat week to week. And uh, and for Tiger's career is is an anomaly. No one's going to play like Tiger again, I don't think, and be that dominant. And Jordan Spieth, I think he's going to be a contender year in, year out, but I don't think he'll ever approach Tiger's level. Yeah, most times leading after any round in a major since 2000, Tiger Woods 39, and he hasn't even played in a lot of the majors in a while, obviously. Phil 18. Seven years. Yeah, 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 Phil 18, Rory 17, Jordan 11, and then Retief Goosen comes in at 10th. So maybe a little underrated there as well, Jeff. We've had a lot of people be called the next Tiger. Everybody was called the next Nicholas for a while. Yep. Well, now everybody's it's Nicholas record still stands, and uh, and now it's the next Tiger. And uh, you know, Rory's had that mantle. A lot of guys have had that to carry, and it it's been very very difficult to uh, to keep up that pace that Tiger kept up for a long time. So so we'll see. But uh, but that record's yet to be written because Jordan Spieth's still a very young man. All right. Well, really, really appreciate it. Thanks a lot, Jeff. Uh, Jeff, you can hear him, obviously, every Saturday morning here on WGR. Once again, he is on the Tee to Green Golf Show, and it's going to be a fun uh, Sunday. Phil right now with a two-shot lead over Henrik Stenson, both players playing together today, and they are through 13. So thanks a lot, Jeff. Really appreciate it. Not great talking to you. All right. Thank you very much, Jeff Medison. It's going to be fun Sunday. Again, I'll tell you, if if and Jeff put it in perspective when I said this, he's like, look, there's a long way to go here in this tournament. There is. There's still four or five holes today, another 18 tomorrow for the leaders, and then other people behind them have a whole day to go. But 
if Phil doesn't do this, I fear some people will look at it as, oh, look, Phil choked like he had so many times in the U.S. Open when he had leads. Look, he's shooting great. If he doesn't do this right now, and, and unless he truly does collapse tomorrow at some point, like in the back nine or something with a three-shot lead, this is more about Stenson, what he's doing, because Phil has shot great all week. And it's fun. It's good. I like seeing it. I'm glad. Brayton and I were talking off air. We are both lefties. We both hit the ball left-handed. You do. I do. So I root for Phil. I root for Bubba. I root for the lefties. No doubt about it. Me too. I like to see that. Are you good, though? I don't know that. Are you a good golfer? What do you shoot? I mean, or do you? I you can I hit usually, a good shot. Once I usually in a while. just go out for fun. Mm-hmm. I I'm one of those guys that shoots has a good shot every once in a while. But lately, I've been trying to take it a little more seriously. I've been trying to get my game going. I took a break for like good seven, eight years without even touching. What? A Dude, golf you're club. like 22, 24. Okay, but thanks for seven, thanks eight for the years. But- <laughs> Wait, wait, so, so I golfed and I golfed heavily until I was 13, and then I just took a break until 24. Not even that, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, with, with golfing, I enjoy it. I like going outside. I like being outside. It's a good atmosphere. Yes. Lately, I've been doing more walking when I'm golfing. Oh, good, good, good. And uh, not okay, only so let me ask sweat, you this: but... I, 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 this is going to sound like a really pedestrian question that I should know the answer. I admit it; I don't, but I have to ask because it's been bothering me. Okay, I golf. I golfed a lot when I lived in Florida. I do not golf nearly as much here, but I still love it. I try to get out if I can. I was going to go out yesterday. Things fell apart uh, from making an appointment with somebody who wanted to do it. But the point is, I'd still like to get out. Looking for golf people, looking for golf buddies out there. If you guys want to go out and golf, guys, ladies, whatever, you know. Well, the lefties have got to unite. So I guess, <laughs> yeah, that's I right. Guess we you should go out, together. go out. But once. here's the question So I see people, I drive by courses, and I have never actually walked a golf course because it's so hot in Florida, you don't do that. Everyone has a cart. Right. So I assume that you just do that kind of wherever you go. So I'm not walking golf courses. I'm just not. I'm going to get in a cart. That's what I do. I pay for a cart. But I see people walking all the time. I understand. I know why. But if I go to a golf course here in Buffalo, are they, hey, if I have a cart and I'm behind someone who walks, I just have to wait? Is that the way it works all the time? I'm not entirely sure about that. Or is there like, I have a certain time to go to that course where it's only carts? Is there a, oh no, you shoot the back nine while the walkers are on the... How does it work? Because I'm thinking, well, wait a minute. If I'm going to sit in a cart that kind of defeats the purpose anyway, if the two groups in front of me are all walking. But I don't want to wait. The whole purpose of actually getting a cart is so I don't have to sit and wait. That I actually can... And they're not. I don't, I'm not going to go playing through everybody, you know. I I just wonder how that works. Maybe someone can help me on Twitter. Please tell me it, because it just seems like not the option I want. It does not seem like what I'm trying to do here. It seems like it's defeating the purpose if I get a cart and go out there and have to sit behind people who are walking all the time. Usually, what what they do at the golf course that I usually golf at is they'll usually keep track of who's going where. So, okay. I mean, that's like, good. Like, I mean, if, if a guy goes off the front nine, then the next person he'll will say, I got walkers nine. out there. So you go here. Right. Yeah, exactly. But it, but, but it seems like there's a lot of walkers. So if there's a lot of walkers and I go and say, I want a cart, I'm basically just going to stu- be stuck in my cart behind walkers. Right. That's the way it's going to be. And then basically I have to tell you, I don't want to play the course. Then I, I have no interest in doing that. I, I'm sorry, it may sound elitist, 
whatever. But I played golf a lot in Florida, and I grew up. The first time I ever played golf was down there. I never even played up here. So the only times I really did that was down there. And that's what I'm used to. That's what I want to do. Yeah, it uh, with with me golfing, the last time I actually went, I did catch up to somebody while I was walking, and they were in they were playing in a cart. And I couldn't understand it either, because I'm just like, why, why are you taking I, I, so Again, it, so, it, so, it sounds horrible. I know. I'm really sorry. I don't mean to sound elitist, but I don't walk golf courses. I get in a cart. And my whole purpose here is I'm, I'm trying to ask is, why would I want to get a cart, though, if I'm just going to be stuck behind golfers if that's the way it works? Walkers, excuse me. Okay, so here are a few tweets coming in. Greg, thank you, Greg, from uh, Time Warner, who says, Greg Vorst, Time Warner Cable News, says to me, we lefties must unite. He's another one. Thanks. Yes. I, by the way, I'm right-handed, but I golf lefty. And I hit a baseball left-handed, and I shoot hockey left-handed. It always served me better, I think, in sports growing up being left-handed as far as a swinger or a shooter or whatever. But I'm right-handed naturally. He says, ask them to play through. It's the gentleman's rule. I will. I can. I just don't want to keep asking everybody. I know. And if I keep doing that, like, I don't know. It seems weird. Am I just going to play through everybody and everybody's got to wait for me because I'm in a cart? That seems even more elitist, and I don't want to do that. Okay, I got a um, a text here from Matt over at Canisius. Thanks, Matt. He said the best time to walk is late day on the weekend. At some courses, you're out there alone. But when's the best time to get a cart? Maybe, Matt, you can tell me that. Because if the best time to walk is late day on the weekend, then I guess the best time for a cart is morning? And then are you telling me that I'm going to be, is that better for me? So maybe you can answer me that. Uh, Nick on Twitter. Hey, Sal, you do have to wait behind walkers unless you catch up and the golfers ahead will let you play through and skip them. Okay, so this answers the question that I did think about and that I assumed, which is if I get a cart, I have to go and sit behind the walkers. I don't want to do that, but I understand if they're going to let me through, that's cool. I just feel bad. I don't like asking people to play through. I know that that's the rule, but again, I'm already in a cart, you're not, and now I'm going to ask you to play through? Eh, seems like I'm the jerk there. That's what that seems like to me, and I don't want to be the jerk. I am not walking golf courses. I do enough walking and exercising and running in my life that I don't need to do that. I get in a cart, and I play golf that way. Sorry, just who I am. Make no apologies for that. 803-0550 803-0550 is the number. All right, let's get a, a, a caller response to this. Hi, Jim. Tell me what's up, man. Hi. Um, I'm actually a golf professional here in western New York. Okay. Golf carts are strictly for a comfort issue. I can put four guys out walking that will play quicker than four guys in carts almost all the time. Really? They walk directly to their own ball. So when they're at their own ball, they're ready to go to hit their shot on time. And the guys in the carts inevitably both drive to one ball and then sit there while the one player goes through his routine and hits his shot. And then they drive over to the other ball and do the same thing. Unless they're dropping one player off at the ball and then driving to the other one. And we very rarely see that out of people who ride in carts. Jim, this makes a lot of sense to me, what you're saying. I appreciate you calling. So what you're telling me is, Sal, stop with the attitude about the carts. Don't be afraid to walk. It's okay. Um, well, I, I no problem with any attitude of any <laughs> um, 
just the, the realistic part of it is um, at all the clubs I've ever been at, walkers play just as quick as riders, if not faster. Because okay. They're just going directly to their ball, hit their shot, and they keep going. Um, carts um, are a revenue source for golf courses, so places that make them mandatory, unless they have very long walks in between holes, it's strictly about we need the money to be able to survive. Uh, what is the percentage of walkers versus people who want carts on the average? Um, I know at my facility it's probably 75% riding and 25% walking. Okay. We do allow it. Okay. I, I, then I, w- I don't feel as bad anyway. Then, like, I thought that when I drive by courses, I see the walkers a lot, and I'm thinking I would be in a minority getting a cart. That's not the case you're telling me. No, not you know, not on the weekends when the the play is busy. During the weekdays, when you have a lot of the retired seniors, which are the ones that are able to play weekday mornings, um, you you uh, you know some of them are out walking for exercise. But generally speaking, I'd say it's seventy five percent riders and twenty five percent walkers. Jim, thank you. I really appreciate it. You gave me a good perspective on that. Thanks a lot for calling. Great. Have a good afternoon. All right. Thank you very much. All right. Well, there you go. So I shouldn't be as afraid of it. And he makes sense. I get that because that is true. If you play golf enough, you know when you get in a cart, it's you and someone else. You drive to one ball. You wait. You drive to the other ball. Or sometimes you drop somebody off and say, hey, get your club. I'll go to my ball. And then you have to wait anyway for the person to hit if they're behind you and you're waiting at your ball. And then you have to meet back at the cart again. So what he's saying is, hey, the walkers are just as fast, if not faster. They hit the ball. They get their clubs, they walk to their ball, they hit their next shot. All right, good stuff. couple more tweets on this. Uh, Greg says they should offer. You shouldn't even have to ask. Thank you. And all right. All right, we're just pouring through some of these. Thank you very much. That's Sports. Here we go. Uh, PC Jr. says, if you are a single rider in a cart, you will always play through anyone who is walking. Guys who walk are usually good and fast. Okay, that backs up what Jim said. I am not nearly going to have the elitist attitude about my card anymore, even though it might not have even sounded like an elitist attitude. I thought I was being the jerk saying that. So I'm just a jerk anyway as it is without the card. We'll talk, come back. So my son said something to me yesterday. He's two and a half years old. Got me mad. Someone put something into his head. And I, I, I need to deal with this. And I'll tell you what it is when I come back on WGR. Tears for fears. No, my 80s. Telling you. Watch the show, Greatest Hits. It's cheesy, but you'll sing along. And then you won't want to admit it, but you will. I'm waiting for the day they bring on Rick Astley to sing Never Gonna Give You Up. (laughs) They might already have done that. I don't know. All right, if you want to chime in in the last half hour, feel free. 803-0550-888-552-550. Sal Capaccio here. Brayton Wilson here as well. Thank you very much for joining me. Next Saturday, Matt Collar will be along, and then I'll be at Bill's training camp the following Saturday for practice. A lot of you will be out there 10 to 12, opening training camp the first day, 10 a.m. to 12 p.m. Players will start reporting a couple days before that with rookies and quarterbacks. Everybody will report the day before uh, the opening, so we'll be ready to rock and roll, and football season will be here. It's really crazy to think about it. It's the longest offseason Football has the shortest season of all the major sports. And I say all the majors. Someone's going to say, 
Well, you're not counting that sport. That's a major. You know what I mean. Football, baseball, basketball, hockey, NHL, Major League, NBA, NFL. NFL has the shortest season. The offseason goes essentially February, March, April, May, June, July. So six months before, six, six months on, six months off. That's it. NBA is what? When do they report to camp? They report in uh, September. And you have, you go all the way through June for the finals. Then you have July, August. That's it. Two and a half months and you're back. Um, I'm sorry. They report in October. Three and a half. Two and a half for hockey. Hockey is the shortest offseason. That's ridiculous, right? I'm not, that means good. If you love it, it's great. But it's very short offseason, very long season. Hockey first games are in October. And then you go all the way through June. They report in the end of September. Middle of September. You have preseason games in September. Two and a half months. What do you got for baseball? World Series wraps up end of October. You got all of November, December, January. Pitchers and catchers report in February. And then everybody else in March. You got four months. So... My son is really heavily into sports already at the age of two and a half, which is awesome. I love it. I don't I don't force it. It just happened for what I do for a living. It's no surprise, obviously. I love it. I would I'd be okay if he loved anything. That's great. He's a kid. He can do whatever he wants. But he does. He just happens to love sports. And it's awesome. And I tell people that and I think there's this probably notion that oh, I'm I do that. No, I look, he he takes my phone and he opens up apps. The Bills app, the Sabres app, he opens my Syracuse app, and it's got all sports on there, but he he says basketball. He opens the Bills app and says football, and he opens the Sabres app and says hockey. It's crazy, and he loves it, and he loves watching. He's actually into what he does now. He goes to YouTube, and I'm not kidding you. For somehow, he'll get his way to, like, old-time hockey stuff. He'll watch, like, black-and-white hockey and stories, and I'm like, what are you doing? I don't even watch that. So he's he's going to be the kid that someday is going to say to me, Dad, did you know that in 1979, Guy Lafleur did this? And I'll be like, what? He's going to be that kid. It's crazy. It's good. It's healthy. I think there's a lot of things in life he could get into that I would not want, but sports is one that he loves. It's really awesome. You know what he loves best, though, about sports? I got to tell you, what he has loved for the last year or so, and maybe six months, the Yankees. Kid is into the Yankees, man. He has a Yankee helmet. He has a Yankee hat. I watch the Yankees at night on TV. He lo- He just sits there, like, mesmerized and watches baseball. But then the best part is in the morning, he'll say to me, Yankees, Yankees. He doesn't want to watch necessarily uh, Paw Patrol or Max and Ruby, which is his name too, but it's a cartoon. He'll watch those things, but he'll say Yankees. And I'll have to turn on Major League Baseball Network and you see highlights. And then he points to the Yankees logo on the highlights because they're coming up and he knows. And it's insane. So he always he wears the Yankee shirt. He says, go Yankees. And of course, I like that. I'm a Yankee fan. He says, go Yankees all the time. It's cute. It's cute. It's sweet. It's lovable. I love it. It's amazing. It's awesome because I'm like, yeah, that's my boy. So yesterday, Thursday, I think it was Thursday, go to pick him up at daycare. True story. Get in the car. Now, we go to the gym after daycare. There's babysitting services at our gym. So my wife and I, we both go to the gym together. We work out. We run. He's down. He, he plays all the sports at daycare, when he, at the gym. I mean, at uh, babysitting, at daycare, and all that. We get in the car. He sits down. And I'm not kidding you. Brayton, two and a half years old. 
And suddenly he looks and he goes, go Red Sox. And I'm like, my wife and I both look at each other and we're like, what? She thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. I am not happy about this. I said, what did you say? He says, go Red Sox. And he turns my phone, and I'm not kidding you, and he's got the score because that uh, he's got he's got the score of a game pulled up and it has a Red Sox logo. It was like a re- maybe it's the preview, Yankees Red Sox preview, which was happening the next night. And he shows me, and he says, Go Red Sox. And I'm like, Oh, dude. I go, Max, no, no, no. Go Yankees. And he says, Go Yankees. I'm like, good. I said, Max, learn this phrase. Boo Red Sox. So he follows me. Boo Red Sox. I'm like, okay, I think I think we're okay. Five minutes later. Go Red Sox again. I'm like, wait a minute. My wife says, Max, who taught you that? Did some did, did somebody at school teach you that? He goes, Yeah. Well, who? And he wouldn't. And he didn't. Then he didn't say. But I don't think anybody did. I don't know. Someone did though. Someone is in my son's head. I don't know who it is. And I'm gonna find out. I'm gonna track this person down. Who's telling my son? Is it? Are you? Are, are you? Are you a Red Sox fan, Brayton? Is it no. you? No. Is it? Bulldog is. Think Bulldogs fill inside. He that maybe Bulldogs. Tony Caligiri's sending, sending one. Some, uh, Tony Caligiri's, but somebody might be sending him some messages here through the app. So I don't know what it is. Now, the babysitter that he has at the gym he goes to sometimes, uh, when they have when he has this particular babysitter, she is a big Cleveland fan. So she was trying to get him to be, hey, go Indians one time, thinking it was funny. He never caught on to that. But for some reason, he caught on to this go Red Sox thing, and I am not down with this. Now, last night... I'm like, all right, here we go. Yankees and Red Sox are playing. Max, let's watch the Yankees. They're playing the Red Sox. He goes, yeah, like that. So I'm like, I turn it on, and we're watching it. And he said something about the Red Sox. It wasn't go. And I'm like, yeah, but what do we say about them? Boo. I said, they're the bad team, Max. They're boo. Can you say that? And he does it. And I said, do you like the Yankees or Red Sox better? And he goes, I like Yankees, Red Sox. So I'm kind of at a crossroads here, and I, you know what I did then? I hugged him and I said, buddy, you can like whoever you want. You're cute. I love you. You can like whoever you want. That's but the it, best way but, to go about but it. it. Oh, of course it is, and that is the truth. But, in, but inside I'm thinking, what's going on here, man? What's going on? Somebody's uh, somebody filling up my son's head here with uh, some bad thoughts. I don't know what to do about it. Luckily, he still says, go Sabres, go Bills. I like that. Now, if he chose another team, that's fine. He can do that. He has every right to. I mean, he's still my son. I'll still love him. Maybe a little less, but I'll still love him. Let's go to Don in the car who's been waiting patiently. Hi, Don. What's going on? Hey, guys. How you doing today? Thanks for taking my call. Uh, you guys do a great job, by the way. Thank you. Uh, uh, just a quick thing. You know, I, I'm, I'm really glad Brady's out for four games. I can't stand the guy anyway. But uh, I'm happy he's out for four games. Anyway, you know, this Carlos Williams thing, I mean, the guy's a great running back. But you know what? You know, these guys make a lot of money. They're professional athletes. If I were the Bills, I'd be getting rid of them. The drug thing, he's got to go. You, you can't put up with that stuff. I mean, I'd be looking to trade him or get rid of him or release him or something. You cannot put up with that stuff. It's ridiculous. Well, I understand, but I, I, I will say that many times in society, people make poor decisions, especially when they're young. He's 22, he's 23, and I would... I would err on the side of at least giving a young man an opportunity and a second chance, especially if I find out it's just for marijuana. Now, I agree with you. Those are rules. But I think in society today, there are a lot of 
varying opinions and the way we're going with the, uh, you know, even political stances and laws uh, as far as marijuana, I don't think it's necessarily the worst thing in the world. There are rules. There are. He should have followed them. I'm very disappointed in him. But I would not go as far as to say is just cut someone because they make a poor decision at the age of 22, which I know I have done. Well, I would say if it, if it ever happens again, if he does it again, then that would be, you know. Well, sure. First of all, if it happens again, he's getting 10 games. <laughs> you know, and then and then I think you're talking about a situation where, you know, that's the case. But here's the thing, Don. I, I do think that. His his status on this roster is not guaranteed because they do have some running backs behind him that are going to push him. And if he's going to show up out of shape, overweight, and then also uh, you know fail a test, I do think that that draws into question you know where they're going with the running back position. So I don't think he's guaranteed a spot. I just I'm not as quite as far as you are or where other people may be as far as someone does something that's obviously wrong, makes a bad decision, we should automatically get rid of them. I think it's a forgiving society. I have family members. I have friends. Uh, my wife is an addictions counselor. I think that people at least should be given an opportunity to turn their life around and make amends oftentimes. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I agree with that. I agree with that. As far as our quarterback goes, uh, Tyrod Taylor, um, you know, I, I think we got a very, very good quarterback. Uh, you know, you got to give him a chance, let him play the whole year. Um, but I think I'll, I'll hang up and listen. I think uh, 10 wins this year, if we can get 10 wins, that would be, uh, you know, that would be uh, probably a playoff spot. So, uh, probably. I'll hang up. You guys have a great week. Thanks for taking my call. Yeah, Don, thanks. I appreciate the thoughts. On Tyrod, I'll say this. Um, I, I just, at this point, I think an extension is going to come during the season. I'm not. I'm not telling you that. I'm not reporting that. I'm reading the situation as far as I sit here right now. Unless he plays horribly the first five, six weeks, if he plays as good as he did last year and hopefully even steps up the game a little bit, I think we'll be talking about him receiving an extension during the season. And as I reported a month ago, that is on the table for him and the team. They have had talks since the offseason, uh, not only began, but even since some of the rhetoric came out, they have had dialogue and both sides are open to an in-season extension. If they get to 10 wins with that guy starting at quarterback, yeah, I mean, that should be good enough. It's not sometimes to make the playoffs, but I also think that that's good enough for him to really cash in for that uh, big money. We'll take a timeout. We'll come back. We'll wrap things up here on Sports Talk Saturday. Nice show today. Thanks a lot for uh, jumping on board, whether you did via the phone line, on Twitter, or just tuned in to listen. Appreciate it a lot. Brayton, thank you very much for your hard work today. want to thank uh, Jeff Mitas for coming along. You can catch him on the Tita Green Golf Show every Saturday morning here at 7 a.m. on WGR. Also want to thank Joe Yurden. He was excellent on the Sabres development camp that happened last week. Catch all of that on demand at WGR550.com. Brayton will have all that up for you, so just go on over there. You can catch anything that you missed today. We will have tomorrow the final round of the British Open or the Open or the Open Championship. Whatever the heck you want to call it, I don't care. I call it the British Open. Sue me. We'll have that tomorrow for you. That is after Fast Track with Dave Buchanan at 11 a.m. That all begins here on WGR. I did not talk any baseball today, but I wanted to. I, I, I had it on the docket. Actually, you know, you feel good. When I leave here on Saturdays, anytime I do a show, whether it's a midday show or whatever, 
the way I, I, I often judge if I thought it was a good show for me or a bad show, I have notes. If I didn't get through all my notes, I like that. I'm like, okay, that's good. I covered a lot of what I wanted to, um, and because I had so much, I didn't run out. If I got through it all and I'm like, oh, man, what did I do those last couple segments? Then I'm like, I did not talk any baseball today. I wanted to. I will tell you, I do agree with Brian Cashman. The Yankees should sell. And I'm a Yankee fan, but there's going to be 500 all year. They, they've, they've actually kind of surpassed a little bit of my expectations being only a, what, four games out of a wild card or whatever, but we'll see. So maybe we'll get a chance to do that next time we talk, but that'll be training camp week, so probably not. Matt will be around next Saturday. I'll be at training camp on July 30th. It is almost here, folks. The Bills, and next week at WGR550.com, lots of training camp coverage rolling in for you. I'll have a lot of camp battles, positional previews, and things like that. In the meantime, ESPN Radio up next here on WGR. I'm Sal Capaccio. Thanks for joining me on Sports Talk Saturday. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.